then the question which really messes people up that we ask, what we tell them to ask is, am I already failing? Like literally, if I died tomorrow, if I got tapped on the shoulder at 9 a.m. tomorrow by God and had to go, am I going to get up there and be like, damn, I did not become the man that I wanted to become. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What's up, everyone? This is your host, as always, Brian Lubin, coming to you live on a Monday with another fantastic episode to help you earn your freedom. This intro is coming live to you guys from the country of Croatia. We've been here for about a week, and I am leaving to go to the country of Austria tonight. So kind of done with the beaches. We're going to go up to the mountains. And why can I do that? Because I have my freedom, and I left and quit my corporate position, which is the topic of not only today's show, but tomorrow's show. So welcome to the first official quit week for the Action Academy podcast. The reason that I was able to do all of this was because of the help and support from mentors, coaches, and peers in GoBundance. And Pat Hyben and Tim Rode are two of the original founders of GoBundance, and neither one of them have been on this show. So they just released a new book called The Quitter's Manifesto, which walks you step-by-step through the mental, financial, and emotional tasks that you have to do to be able to leave that corporate position, take the leap of faith, and do your own thing to find actual achievement and fulfillment in your life. So both of these men are massive mentors for me personally, and I want to be able to share them with you. So today we have Pat's side of the story to where he's going to walk you through three to four actionable steps that you can take to design your life of freedom. And then tomorrow we have a little bit of a longer interview with Tim Rode, which you do not want to miss. Tim is one of my favorite people on this planet, and he's one of my personal mentors as well. So both episodes are phenomenal, and you will be able to leave them with a battle plan to create a life of freedom. So hope you guys enjoy. As always, top right corner, hit the subscribe. Send this to five pissed off friends that you have that hate their jobs. We are getting everyone freedom together. We're all winning together. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's get to it. Pat Hyben. Pat Hyben. How are you, my friend? What's up, Brian? What's up, buddy? I am excited to talk to you today about the new book and about your story with quitting in general. And we're going to have this interview in two different sections, two different halves. We're going to have the Pat half and we're going to have the Tim half. And I love that actually how this all turned out because you are both opposite ends of the personality spectrum. So it's interesting to get your perspectives. So talk to us about quitting. Why is being a quitter cool now? That's funny, Brian. Why is it cool now? I, I, It's cool now because I guess there's so much freedom and opportunity that didn't exist before. 30 years ago, 50 years ago, you go back in time, everything was pigeonholed more. Like you were a nurse or a teacher or a dentist or it was pigeonholed. It was very rare to be like, 
oh, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a real estate landlord. People just didn't do that for the most part. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? This wasn't a thing. And I think now more than ever in history, the world is just full of opportunities and choices. And so if you quit something and fail, it is very easy and socially acceptable just to try something new. I think what happened was in the past, people got married when they were 19. They had kids by the time they're 20. They had a house by the time they're 23, a dog, a backyard, a fence yard, two cars. The wife didn't work. The man worked. So for him to quit his job and just do something on a whim or do some idea that he had was just basically it just wasn't respected at all. It would be like, yeah, it'd be like, you're not being a man. You're not providing for your family. It would be looked down upon by everyone. And so now I think there's a much more, uh, it's more socially acceptable to live with your parents until you're older. It's more socially acceptable to not get married until you're older. And it's certainly more socially acceptable to quit and try something new than ever before in history. So that, that answers that question. So a couple of things we do in the book, we have... Part of the reason we wrote the book and the analogy we use in the book is it's very scary to quit. And first of all, people have Mm -hmm. to come to that realization and agree to that, that it's scary. And that's why they haven't quit. It's like walking up to the end of a cliff, looking down. The entrepreneur is more likely to, there's there's an old adage, the entrepreneur will jump off a cliff and build a plane on the way down. That's 1% of the population. The 99% will look down and say, hell no, let's get a selfie and roll out. So the reality is it's very scary. And so we wrote this book so that we wanted every chapter and every part of this book to be like a trapeze where you grab on to the trapeze pole in chapter one, then you swing and you grab onto the trapeze pole in chapter two, and then eventually you end up at the other side of the divide, the gorge or whatever it is. The But in addition to that, we have something called a safety net, which is what a trapeze artist in a circle has. They have a safety net. So if they drop the trapeze, then there's a safety net. I think what you're saying is, should you build a safety net? And the answer to that is yes. And we go through it in the chapter. I think there's multiple ways to build a safety net. It's not all necessarily real estate. That may be your way. For some people, it might just be saving money. For other people, it might be getting a loan from a bank. Whatever the case may be. You want to build a safety net somehow. Now, the now the, the no of that question is by doing a full-time job and doing something on the side that's equivalent to only taking a half of a poison pill every day and expecting to feel better instead of a full poison pill. You're still not happy. You're probably working way more hours because you have two jobs now instead of one. So we don't necessarily recommend that. We rec- you, you know, to a degree, I guess it's okay. We'd rather have you do it just for a little while and then just jump off the cliff with so long as you have that safety net built. And if that safety net means buying a couple of houses, so be it, then that's the safety net. 
Yeah. So I love how you guys structured the book. I laid it out. What's some general rules of thumb that you can give about developing your safety net, about figuring out how much you need for that safety net? Because 99% of making this jump and this plunge is all mental and just going and overcoming fear. Yeah. And that's going to all depend on what business you choose or what job you choose. For some of the people this book is for, they're going to quit one job to do another job that they love. Mm -hmm. So their safety Mm -hmm. net doesn't need to be huge. For other people, they're going to quit and open up a company, which some of our case studies, that's exactly what they did. Three or four of our case studies in the book, they went and opened up companies. Now, when that happens, your safety net probably should be six months worth of expenses. Some things you could get into and immediately start making income from day one. Other things, it could take you a while to make some income. So you got to figure out what it is you're going to do and how long it's going to take you to make income based on a business plan you come up with or a plan that you come up with. What are some major red flags that you see or obstacles that people can avoid when they're looking to make this jump that could potentially be a danger to them as they're leaping? Not thinking through everything. And one of the ways we recommend that people think through the process and get ready for the process is developing a quitting team. And the quitting team has to have four elements. The first element is what we call stakeholders. And stakeholders are let's just say loved ones. This would be your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, whatever it is, people that love you, care about you, that you live with every day, that you see every day or regularly, they need to be down with you. It's important for them to be like, I believe in you. I think you should do this. If they're against you, it's going to be a lot harder. And once you've got two or three stakeholders in your box, and in the book, we actually have a four box process where we encourage you to write in names. Once you got two or three names in your stakeholder box, then you want to fill in partners. And what a partner is somebody that is actually going to benefit if you do well. So usually financially, if you're going into business, this might be a supplier. So if you're selling a lot of something and they're supplying you with that something, then they're going to be selling a lot of it too. So they're vested in your success. These might be things, people that you're going to use. If you're an agent, real estate agent, be a mortgage officer, title company, it would be a people that you're going to use. You're going to give them business because you're getting business. So again, that that would be your partners. The next part is your mentors. And your mentors, Mm -hmm. contrary to popular belief, they're not like this old guy with long white hair and a long beard and a pipe or something sitting underneath a big oak tree on top of a hill. These are not like really wise old guys. These mentors are very tactical, very specific. So let's say you're going to open up a a gas station, right? And you're going to be an independent gas station owner. A mentor would be somebody else who has opened up an independent gas station and or an independent franchise, let's say, who's done it before, maybe still in the field with it, maybe he's done it four or five times before, who you know is profit, who's doing it right, who's making money from it and successful, basically someone with a proven track record. That would be your mentor and not someone that's going to give you strategic advice. Someone that's going to give mm-hmm. you tactical advice. Dude, you got to put the beef jerky in this row when people walk up because I make two bucks per thing of beef jerky where the bubble gum, I only make 12 cents, whatever, exactly. stuff, stuff like that. And then the next uh, 
important thing is coaches. Now, what's the difference between a coach and a mentor? Where a coach is more somebody like who's there for accountability. We talk in GoBundance a lot about accountability, extreme accountability. That's what a coach is. They're like, Brian, let's say you're opening up a Domino's pizza. They're like, Brian, did you go to you know, 17 schools today and talk to the PTA person or whatever about the fundraiser sponsoring, that you're, sponsoring yeah. you're going to bring 10 pizzas and you're going to give them a discount or whatever. Did you do that? They're going to make you work, make you reap because you reap what you sow, right? So they're going to make you get out and hustle. And it, so their accountability, that's what a coach is. And once you have all four of those and you got a couple of names in each box, that's a key thing that's going to keep you from failing to answer your question. And I like that it always reverts back to just teamwork and your people. Because mm. there's a phrase that you guys say, and we say in Go Abundance all the time, where it's go fast, go alone, go far, go together. And that's literally right. that over and over again is building up that team. Let's talk to that person right now that's listening to this show, of which there are many, and they are driving right now. They're listening to this and they're driving to their job and they want to a case study in this book. They want to be one of the chapters where you say, this is a guy or a girl that freaking did it. What's something that they can do today to take that first step and get onto that first trapeze that you talk about in chapter one? That's a great question. The first chapter we have in the book is actually in admitting that it is hard. People don't want to admit that it's hard. They want to look at these people on Shark Tank and be like, oh, the ingenuity is easy. I just got to come up with the idea and I'm going to be a millionaire yeah. or I'm going to just post silly photos on Instagram and get a bunch of followers and I'm going to get paid for that. It just rare. I know a guy that's been doing YouTube for 10 years and literally has one with 800,000 uh, views on YouTube. And he just started getting paid last week. Like my point is that stuff is so hard and it takes forever to do. So you can't assume that's going to be the case. You have to assume that it's going to be hard as hell and it's going to be scary as hell. But Knowing that up front is going to get you to work harder and knowing that up front is going to get you not to take it lightly. So that, and I, so I think that would be the first step is simply admitting it. Obviously then there's building the team. We have something called failure questions that we ask people to ask. And like the first question is the cliche question. It's like an Anthony Robbins question. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And it's a great journaling exercise. But it's really not the prominent question we want you to answer because anybody could answer that and go, oh, I do this and then I would do this. And it's too easy that, that by only answering that question, you, you have a good chance of failing. So we ask the question, what would you do if you did fail? And a lot of times when people answer that question, they're like, well, my boss really loves me and she's going to be devastated when I quit. So I could probably go back to her and she'd hire me back in a heartbeat. Or it's no big deal. Like people think, oh my God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be begging for change with the meth heads on the street and living in a car and all that's not going to happen. They're Unless on you the take up meth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you take up meth, that's not going to happen. So yeah, that's unrealistic. It, generally, if you do fail, it's not as bad. It's all in your head. And then the question which really messes people up that we ask, what we tell them to ask is, am I already failing? Like literally, if I died tomorrow, if I got tapped on the shoulder at 9 a.m. tomorrow by God and had to go, 
am I going to get up there and be like, damn, I did not become the man that I wanted to become. I did not become the woman that I had the potential to become. I did not fulfill what I could have done. I played small. You know, that that's the question. Am I already failing? Because everyone thinks they're going to live forever and that they'll do it someday. Yeah, um, but we're not guaranteed anything. No. And I love that you're saying all this and especially circling back to that power of your team that you're establishing because I've tried to quit uh, multiple times. So I've been a multiple time quitter. First time I quit, I went for, I left my corporate job to go sell software. So that was two years ago. And so I compare it to leaving whiskey, leaving an alcohol problem and picking up cocaine instead. Because you're like, (laughs) you're leaving one bad thing, you're getting a worse thing. Yeah. And so I didn't make it there and I ended up crawling with my tail tucked between my legs back to the old job because they took me back and they said, we're going to carve out a new territory for you. And I did it all by myself because what I did wrong and can give to people that hits exactly what you're saying is... I did not have a team around me that was helping with this. Instead, what I was doing was I was bitching to other people I worked with. And that's where I messed up. And that's what I would not recommend people doing is going to the guy that's in the cubicle next to you and saying, sucks, we need to get out of here because they're going to bring you back down. It's like that crabs in a bucket analogy. They're going to bring you right back down. Misery loves company. So what's some advice that you can give as we close this out to people that are looking for that four and they're looking for those people and maybe they don't have them immediately in their life right now and family is telling them, hey, don't leave that job because that's security and that's safety. We can't imagine you leaving that job. How can people find that support system? Maybe some actionable stuff people can use because they're found in GoBundance. Yeah, that's hard. I guess that's what I would say. Yeah, it's, it's find groups like Abundant. Find groups of <clears throat> people that that will eventually become stakeholders. A stakeholder is definitely somebody who it certainly could be a best friend or a really good friend. If you don't have the stakeholder now, it, it's going to be like, hey, Brian, I believe in you. You can do this. Then you got to find that stakeholder. And you could do that by joining things like abundance or any anything where you could make friends or create relationships and think about there's got to be somebody maybe in your family it's, it's there's there might be one vocal person that's telling you not to but there's probably somebody else that you could quietly go to and they'd be like hell yeah man you should do it I mean, in every family, there's a rich uncle or somebody. Person crazy enough to do it, yeah. Yeah, there's always one at least. I love it, man. I love it. And that's good advice. And that's the advice that you gave and that you give. And I can say for myself, for people that are listening, you need to buy the freaking book. And I'll ask you to get the book here in a second. But the reason I tell y'all got you guys that are listening to go buy the book is because I was literally this person. I've been through every single character arc that Pat's talking about. I was that guy. That was the corporate guy. And that's all I thought that life was. And I came to that vision that this is a massive suck of potential. And like you said, you're already failing because you're not living up to your potential. And then surrounding myself with you guys is the reason that I was able to do what I did and do what was scary as shit and go hop on a one-way flight doing this interview from Barcelona. 
And this is where <laughs> I live right now. <laughs> so, Pat, where can people go find this book? Where can they go get it today? Because they're not going to wait another day to get this book. Yep. A couple of things, Brian. Biggerpockets.com backslash quitters is where the book is at. Now, we also have a really cool and effective and proven. We've had 11 people go through this course, course of handholding. If you read the book and you're like, hey, I want more, I want to join a club and I want to find people that can hold me accountable, like coaches, like that last block. We did create something called quittersclub.com. You can get more information on coaching. Perfect. And then that scratches two itches because you get the book and then you also get the coaching alongside it. So then maybe these coaches can be part of your core four that he's talking about with those squares that you can use able to, to make that jump, jump off the freaking cliff and then grab that first trapeze. So yeah. Pat, thank you for everything, man. Sincerely. All right, Brian, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome and it's been a great journey. And with that, that has been Pat Hyven and Brian Lubin with the Action Academy podcast signing off.